0: What's up, everybody? How are you doing today? Welcome to another episode of The Drive Through Podcast. I'm Nick, and I'm here with my boy, Andrew, and we're serving you today's latest brain food. Today, we're gonna have our first ever chef's pick. We're extremely excited for this, and we're sure you guys are gonna love it. Andrew, do you wanna break down the menu? Yeah, let's get into it.
1: On today's menu, we'll be serving you the daily special, the hottest topic of the day. Should the NFL restart, and what are its complications? The chef's pick, Today's guest will share his take on rumors of the Big Ten and the Pac-12 canceling their seasons and the
0: consequences that will follow. What not to order, our personal recommendation of what you should stay away from, the world's most expensive COVID-19 face mask. And finally, the dollar menu, get in and get out in one minute or less. Who's your NBA bubble MVP?
1: With the 2020 NFL season set to begin about just one month, there are growing concerns of whether the NFL will be able to execute a successful season or not.
0: Nick, what do you think about this? I think that the NFL will be able to play their season, but I don't think it will be run as smoothly as the NBA. Because as we saw at the NBA, they're in a bubble. Um, It's a controlled environment. With the NFL, I mean, there are 32 teams spread out all across the nation and with travel and with the locker room and, Football is, I mean, there's 22 people on the field. You can't go play without touching somebody. So there's going to be a lot of people in contact with each other. So I think they will play the season, but I do not think it'll be run smoothly. I think a lot of people are going to get coronavirus and they might have to sit out. They might have to have more reserves come in, kind of like how MLB is doing things. Um, But at the end of the day, they all want to get paid. I mean, if you don't play, it's like $150,000, I believe. And we're talking about some guys that are making 10, 20, 30 millions of dollars. I mean, if I'm them, I'm not opting out if I'm going to make 30 million dollars. So I think they're definitely going to play the season. Um, But we'll have to see, you know, when it gets a little bit closer.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think that they'll definitely go through with the season. Obviously, there are many risks to going through with the season, but just the way that the NFL is always run. Um, the show goes on there is a lot of business behind this um, and it's a lot more laissez-faire with the players being able to choose to play or opt out obviously there are strict consequences if the players were to opt out but in terms of the flexibility that the nfl will have with their schedules moving prime time around um, fridays and saturdays um, people won't be in hotels so cities will be just a little bit more clear so they will have just a little bit more of an advantage. Obviously, they cannot execute a bubble, but because of people staying at home and there being no fans, cities should be able to work around these um, these players a little bit
0: more, and we should see a successful NFL season. See, now I disagree with that a little bit. I really think they could do a bubble. I don't think it'd be one location like it is in Orlando, because obviously in a, the NBA also had the luxury of completing most of their season so they only had a few teams left but there's 32 teams they could set up like four bubbles and have like eight teams in each bubble spread out across the country like i mean miami you know las vegas they got that new stadium you know places like that kind of um and spread them out they have to be away from their families which would be tough but i mean i don't think it's going to happen but i think that could be a possibility to be able to execute the season
1: Here's the problem, though, with creating bubbles. A lot of these teams will play one week, a division opponent, but then they'll travel to the other side of the country to play another game. So right. it's they're at some point, they're going to have to leave their own bubbles. If there's a bubble, there's one. And that's going to completely change up the landscape for the NFL because there's going to be multiple games running a day. And I don't know if there's any city that has multiple stadiums to execute that, where they could run multiple games at a time.
2: Yeah,
0: I agree with that. I think it will be hard with the travel. I think what they could do is have the division there, like two divisions, because the, like the way the NFL schedule works, your division you play the same schedule. So they could kind of have a way to put certain amount of those eight teams into the 18 bubble, but then obviously they have to leave the bubble for travel, but you're in that bubble, you're safe in that bubble. And then when you have to go from, let's just say Las Vegas to Miami, okay, you go from Vegas to Miami. And when you get there, you're in that bubble, you get tested, kind of things like that, just so people aren't going to the facility, going home around their family. Oh, I want to go down downtown and hang out with my friend who just flew in from New York, just kind of trying to limit, the amount of people that uh, you're interacting with. All right. I see what you're saying here. So what they could do is
1: have four to eight teams coordinated to play each other. Um, After they go through their four to six games playing each other, they would then move on as a group to another bubble right? where they may or may not be playing the same teams. Obviously, some teams will be staying in the same bubble. Some will be coming and going. But what you're saying is, they'll be able to adjust around each other. So when people are coming in and coming out, the facilities are saying the same, but it just they're making sure when people are coming in and coming out, you know, they're obviously healthy, um, no one's testing positive and it should
0: it should just work as a more giant bubble in theory. Exactly, exactly. So then it wouldn't be as much as, oh, we're only in this bubble for one week. You know, you'd be in that bubble for 4 to 6 games. You know, and like you said, some teams you might stay that week or you might stay for the next four to six games, just depending on how it works. Like maybe the Ravens, since they're, you know, they they went far or the Chiefs Super Bowl champions, you know, they would get, you know, kind of that home field advantage. They can pick which bubble they can. All right. We don't want to move all these bubbles. We move the we move the bubble one time and then teams that had a bad record, you might have to move bubbles two or three times. They kind of still give that home field advantage to certain teams okay so what the nfl is going to have to call us is the nfl bubbles nfl
1: nfl bubbles Bubbles. on that note how will college football plan to execute their season let's go ahead and dive into the chef's pick
0: all right today's first chef's pick is going to be brandon rabat case western alum pursuing research as a career loves michigan state football and Cincinnati sports, and a great friend of the show. What's up, Brandon?
2: Yo, how's it going, guys? Nice to be on the show.
1: It's great, man. We're glad to, we're glad we're able to figure this out. Um, you know, this is something we've been looking forward to doing, and we're glad we're finally able to bring someone on and make this more legit. Heck yeah,
2: let's do it, guys.
0: For sure. So, tell you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself, real quick.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I guess to start, how I met Nick and Andrew. I uh, played. For- football with Nick so known him since way back in the day and then I think Andrew came in eighth grade sounds about right yeah that's right yep when he moved to Mason so I've known the boys for a while uh like they said big sports guy love my Michigan State sports love my Cincinnati sports and uh yeah they pretty much summed it up I'm pursuing a career in research and right now a little bit sad about all the pending college football news but uh yeah we're gonna get into that
0: yeah, exactly. So let's just jump right on into it, man. So how do you feel about the Big Ten um, canceling football? I mean, being a Michigan State fan, how do you feel about that?
2: Um, I'm a little conflicted. So as you guys know, we got a first year head coach, Mel Tucker. Uh, so far, I like the energy he's brought to the program, but he could not have come on at a worse time, especially with regards to recruiting and installing his system and whatnot. So for Michigan State, personally, it could be a blessing in disguise—not uh, having to get their butts to beat this season. But uh, on, on a more, more grand scheme for the Big Ten, um, I do kind of respect the conference trying to take a lead nationally. Um, I'm not so sure that they need to rush the decision making and say anything this week. I mean, they got time; they can postpone the season. There's definitely some other options I think are better. Um, it, it also shows the conferences aren't unified because they're not running these decisions by anybody. They're kind of acting independently so that unfortunately shows uh, a little bit of a flaw in the college football system. I mean it would be really a lot better if there's a unified plan but um, I mean, the Big Ten in football and basketball the major sports are reputable. They're top two to three uh, power five conferences in both of those sports and you know, I think maybe every college football team should decide on their own. But, you know, Big Ten had a had a vote the last couple of days. It was a twelve to two vote to cancel the season. So it's definitely tricky when, you know, with that much of a majority. But if all the if all the players do want to play, I mean they're gonna need to opt in and the ones that don't definitely should lose their scholarship or their eligibility and um, if they do decide to play, the universities are going to definitely be liable for extended medical assistance if anything happens to them. So. Mm-hmm. so, there's a lot to consider there for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think you you know hit a lot of those points right on. Um, I mean, there's obviously a lot of risk with this. There's obviously a lot of reward. A lot of college football fans are wanting football, but you know it's not about it's not about all of us. It's about the people who are going out there every weekend and playing and risking you know their health. Um, but what do you think about big team, big 10 teams, um, changing conferences? So I know Ohio state, a lot of Barstool accounts and other fan accounts are saying, well, let's just kick Kentucky out, which probably wouldn't happen, <laughs> but let's just kick UK out and throw the Buckeyes <laughs> Buc- Buc- in the SEC and see how that plans out. What do you, what do you think about that?
2: Well, that particular instance might be kind of lit. I would love to see Ohio State run the SEC gauntlet, but, um, just excluding that like more on a realistic picture I don't know if you guys heard the press conference today Scott Frost from Nebraska said you know he had quite a few words to say about he understands where everybody's coming from and it's definitely not about the money but you know he made a great point that like these players have worked really hard to, to you know this is their dream and you can't have they don't want this stuff cut short for them I mean a lot of these guys are trying to make the pros um, it's very interesting on that note. I don't know, Trevor Lawrence's Twitter comments are gaining some ground, and I don't know, I guess I would just say I don't. I can't see schools like Ohio State Michigan not playing this year, um, unless they really had to. So I, I don't necessarily agree with some do, some don't, but I think it's more fair for the schools to make individual decisions than, you know, a conference commissioner who's not really in the thick of it uh, making decisions for everybody. But on, on the same note, if you know, you only have 50 of the 130 FPS programs playing. I mean, that'd be a pretty diluted college football season. And, you know, what would the end results of that season really mean? I don't ethically think of the right thing either unless these guys really want to opt in. And that's a decision they have to think long and hard about.
1: What's going to happen to the college players who are very likely to join the NFL? Um, I know people were talking about there being a spring season. But how do you think that that's going to impact the NFL draft or impact um, the amount of players that play overall?
2: Yeah, I mean that, that's a tough question. A lot of these guys, so if you're you know a Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, your you know, your draft stocks pretty much cemented. Unless you let a fact, you say uh, I can't see those guys risking millions of dollars to play another year of college and then break it, but. There's a lot of those mid-round guys that still have stuff to prove. They want to improve the draft stock, but I think that gets really tricky. I mean, if you have, you know, like I said, only 50 of the 130 teams playing, what what quality of product is out there? Does that really give you a true evaluation? I think that's going to really shake up the NFL draft. And honestly, after the first round, it might turn into a little bit of a crapshoot. I mean, you have no idea really what some of these guys are capable of without seeing them play the highest level competition.
0: So, I guess, Brandon, my last question for you would be Do you think other conferences will follow? We see the Pac 12, the Big 10, um, the MAC, um, a lot of smaller FCS schools have already canceled previously. C- can you see maybe the Big 12 canceling? Can you see ACC, the SEC canceling? I know um, Alabama, I think, I don't know who said it, Governor maybe was talking about the amounts of money that they would lose. Alabama football does not play the amount of jobs that will be lost do you think these conferences will follow the Big Ten being you know a premier conference do you think they will follow them and cancel
2: uh I think one aspect you kind of hit on there it's really important to touch on this isn't just the players and the coaches that are affected by this I mean a lot of these college towns you know Tuscaloosa um I know up at Penn State it's a small college town there's a bunch of examples but Tallahassee Florida State these these aren't real big cities and a lot of their revenue comes in from hosting football games whether that's restaurants bars merchandise sales I mean there's a lot of people that are going to be affected by this that's another thing to take into consideration for sure um, I will say the group of five schools I I can't see them playing because they just don't make the same money to run their programs um, you know they're gonna be if these guys play the medical expenses could potentially be crazy if somebody gets you know, contracts this and has lasting health effects their schools are going to be liable to pay so this group of five schools I think that's going to be really tough but I, I know one thing for sure I, I, gotta, I gotta believe the SEC is going to be the last to hold out with how they love their football yeah, I can agree. if they, I'll they agree. find a way to play those boys are going to do it um, Right. it's going to make for a very weird and interesting season and if we did move it to the spring I think there would be just as many problems with the quality of the product like I mentioned earlier some of those High-profile quarterbacks and first-round draft picks aren't going to want to play. That's going to, even if you do get all the schools, then that's going to dilute the product. So I don't really know if there's a win-win here. I think we just people are just going to have to make the best decisions they can, um, considering the most amount of people and how to positively impact them.
1: Well, I think with every college football season, you never know what you're going to get from it going into it, and you never know what you're going to get going out. So it should be exciting. Um, it also could be very disappointing. But, um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see where this goes in the next couple weeks. Yeah. I'm sure by the end of this week, we'll have a definite answer on the Big Ten Impact 12 and just the overall college
0: football. So, Brandon, let me ask you just one more thing being a um, former football player, me also for me, I would want to play. What about you? Would you want to play? Man, I, I have to think
2: I have to, you know, I, exactly. I you know, it's not like I was going professional or, or anything but maybe even that's that's the bigger point I mean these guys only got so many years left and I know how much sweat equity all of us have put into that sport I mean we love it so,
0: so with how hard
2: you work and how hard I worked and how much I used to love that when I played I I gotta think I might be playing
0: right I completely agree with you there um tough decision going on right now with college football right now um we hope whatever happens you know it's a good decision and um, we're gonna have to live with it. Maybe if it's football in the spring, or if we are able to do football this fall, let's hope everything runs smoothly. They don't have to stop the season or no one gets sick or anything crazy like that. Um, But Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today on the drive-through, we really appreciate it.
2: Most definitely, I enjoyed coming on guys, thank you.
0: All right, we'll see ya.
2: See
0: ya. On this week's What Not to Order, An Israeli jewelry company is working on the world's most expensive coronavirus face mask with a price tag of $1.5 million. The mask is complete with 18 karat white gold and 3,600 diamonds. Wow. So what's going on here, Andrew? Look, I'll make you a deal.
1: I'm going to go down the street. I'm going to buy you a 250 pack of just classic blue masks. I'm going to go to your mom, I'm going to ask her to bedazzle it for you, and I'm going to do it for $5. All right, this is out of control. I mean, it's cool, but who's spending
0: $1.5 million on this mask? I mean, honestly, I can't see any. I mean, actually, I can see someone doing it because it's like, it depends on how many they made. If they made like three to five, I don't know, one, then it's kind of like, oh man, I'm that dude with that $1.5 million mask. You know what would be perfect? <laughs> just just the way people have been acting lately is if Jeff Bezos did it. No, that would be the biggest flex ever. <laughs> Jeff Bezos bought the mask. And then people would be like, that's only 0.000% of his. Network. Why did Jeff Bezos <laughs> buy the mask instead of donating it?
1: Oh God. All right. Whatever. Wait. People would be all up in his pockets. Anyways, besides the point, this is a little bit outrageous. Um, I mean, if you got the money to do it and this is what makes you happy, if you want to be the flex star of the week, go ahead. Because you're not after a week, it's not going to trend
0: anymore. It's not going to matter. You just wasted 1.5 million. Yeah, you know, what's kind of funny to me is also it's like I know they're obviously going for a certain audience. But to me, it's kind of funny because when you think about the pandemic and about helping others, you know, and then they come out with a one point five million dollar face mask that only a few people can afford. And my argument is if I can afford a one point five million dollar face mask, I don't need a face mask because I'm on my island. I'm at my house secluded, my mansion. Why would I need a face That's mask? True. I'm and, chilling. And I call you... my guy, yo, can you go bring me some food? Like, I don't need to leave. And why isn't this $1.5 million
1: mask donated to charity? Like why, I know it obviously costs money to make and like acquire the diamonds and gold and whatever not, but whatever else profit is on this, if it, I mean, the whole thing you are saying is like helping the world, trying to reduce the curve, all these things. That extra one million dollars—that is all profit on this. I'm sure that would make just the slightest <laughs>
0: difference for some communities. I swear, man. This, I don't know. This is not it. This is not it right here. I, I can't even three thousand diamonds on a mask. That's basically a 1.5 million dollar trend. Because, like you said earlier, eventually this pandemic is going to end, then you'll just have it. I guess. I mean, it'll be one of those things you can look back on and be like, "I bought the 1.5 million dollar face mask." But I mean, what if it like? What
1: if it? I don't know, it doesn't look like it bends. It's probably heavy. Yeah. Think (laughs) about that, I forgot about that. You're gonna go out in public wearing this. (laughs) You someone's gonna take it. it right off your face. You can do nothing about it. And then you're gonna get exposed to COVID because you didn't wear your mask. And then you played yourself. (laughs) Oh my God. All right, that's what not to order. That's
2: good.
0: All right, we got the dollar menu. One
1: minute or less. Let's go. If there was an NBA bubble MVP, we're going to tell you who it is and why. Me, I'm taking Devin Booker. Why? He's averaging pretty much 30 points a game in the last five to six games. He's led his team to a clean slate win and he even got an extra dub commenting and hearing back from Kendall Jenner on her most
0: recent Instagram post. (laughs) Devin Booker's been balling, but he's definitely not the MVP. The MVP is TJ Warren. This man came into the bubble and dropped 50 on the 76ers. He's been putting it on every single team, and he's a surprise. We already know what Devin Booker was. TJ Warren came out of nowhere. If there's a bubble MVP, it's got to be TJ Warren. Yeah, I really like TJ Warren. I like his game a lot. But,
1: I mean, Devin Booker has always just been someone to carry the Suns. Um, we always see his impact in the NBA overall. Um, I really like him. I wish this was a thing, but,
0: I, I mean, there's not going to be an MVP, unfortunately. It's not going to be a MVP, but it's definitely got to be TJ Warren. Honorable mentions Luka Doncic. He's been balling. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., he's been balling. A lot of guys have been balling in, in the NBA bubble. Uh, looking forward to the playoffs, seeing who's going to bring home that ring. Let's see it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Drive Through Podcast. Go check out our Instagram for updates on our next episode, where we'll be serving you more brain food.